Yes. <laughs> Bye. Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? I want someone out there to verify this statistic. I believe this to be 100% true that the University of Cincinnati football team officially has more invites, more has earned more trips to the final four than the Xavier men's basketball program. Welcome to fucking Xavier week. You know, this has been, it's been so overlooked. It's been so overlooked and, and here we are, it's upon us. And you know what? It is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat fan because we have a man, a leader amongst men, Wes Miller, at the helm of this ship, just going out there, right? Helping protect Oscar, giving eggs, you know, egg Xavier the, the respect they, they deserve, which is none, because their program has no historical relevance whatsoever. So here we are. And as Sam Elliott talks about it in, in his past articles, uh, you know, does this game really even matter? Well, to Xavier fans, this is their Super Bowl. They want to know why maybe, though, the, the present, uh, the, 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 the UC fans, they only talk about the past. Uh, you know, they weren't even alive. Well, we have past to talk about, buddy. All right? You don't. Right? When we walk into Fifth Third Arena, we have banners. Championship banners. You have none. Your, your statue outside is of your mascot. You had to put a statue of your mascot because you don't have any legends to step on the court. None, right? We have legends. Oscar, the big O, legend that we actually have to protect because yours is just a mascot. A, a, a guy named Dantarnian. I don't know. You have a shitty, you have the worst candy bar named after your mascot. It's disgusting. Three musketeers to... Maybe there's one worse than it, but it's disgusting. And your campus, oh, it's disgusting. It's, it's bland, no design, no originality to it. You look like the same campus that you have in, in Philadelphia, where I go to get my St. Joe's. It's just, yeah, sure, the old building, but it's the same. No originality, no design. And at the end of the day, if you want to watch good college football, you can't do it for your own school. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Welcome to Xavier Week. How are you feeling, buddy? You good? You ready? You ready for this game? I am revved up. <laughs> it was it's overdue though. We you know we got overshadowed with the with the selection committee last week taking the Bearcats to to the first final four that they they've achieved in college football history. Um so it kind of got overshadowed and all week you know, I don't think it was like till Wednesday that you're like, oh man, what, what am I actually going to do with this 8:30 tip-off time? It turns out that having a, a football team in the college football playoff does take your attention away from other things happening around your university. 
But don't worry, Xavier. Don't worry, Xavier. We haven't forgotten you. We are ready for Saturday. Wes Miller. Wes Wes Miller's amped. Wes Miller is embracing the rivalry. Wes Miller (laughs) is actually giving them some respect, Hummer, for the team they are and, and the challenges they pose. But at the same time, he is clearly recognizing who the superior program is. He's recognizing that that we're the ones with Cincinnati across our chest, that we're the program with the national chutzpah. Did I say that right? Did I say that well? The chutzpah. <laughs> Sounds like you did. Uh, I'm trying to wonder what else he called it. And I know the quote's been all over Twitter, but it was like something, you know, something along the lines of like that, you know, yeah, we're going to Norwood. You know, listen, we know going to Norwood, going to Xavier is going to be a new experience, but we're going to lean into it. We're excited about it. He did. He, he talked about going to Norwood. He talked about that team over in Norwood. He called him Xavier. He's hitting all the right notes as he has been doing since he was hired. And I'm excited for Wes Miller to get his first opportunity to coach a crosstown shootout. I think the expectations from the UC fan base seem to be uh, a bit tepid. You know, I, I feel like there's not a lot of people that are going all in on on expecting a win, certainly not expecting a win. You really can't expect it when you factor in our history at Cintas Center, when you factor in that that Xavier is a team with much more continuity. They've got a coach who's returning for his, however, what number of season is this for Travis Steele? I just I don't know. I, wasn't he wasn't he on the hot seat as as early as last year? It's a, it's apparently the greatest start in his career at Xavier, uh, which is exciting for him, exciting for their program. Uh, but let's not also forget that he has failed as a coach to make the NCAA tournament as the head coach at Xavier University. So I, I'm looking forward to this. And when I when I look at the matchup and think about how Wes Miller and the Bearcats can go into Cintas and get a victory and have Wes Miller start his career 1-0 and on the good foot, as they say, uh, in terms of how this rivalry plays out, I would say what makes me feel good and what is helping me sleep very well at night, besides the fact that we have a team in the college football playoff, um, I would say what's helping me sleep at night is that the Bearcats do have one of the best defenses in the country. And game in, game out, they've defended their asses off. They've got the depth to compensate for foul trouble, to compensate for injuries. They have front court, court depth. They have some pieces in place here where we're not going to go into Cintas and get run off the court, which has happened in the past at times. Um, I think the mental toughness is there. Now, what happens offensively is a little bit more up in the air, but as a starting point, that makes me feel a little bit better. Well, I, I think for me, this game, I think if we go back on the record, I did, and I'm feeling a little more nervous about this prediction that this was going to be the Mason Madsen game, uh, <laughs> the game where he just, you know, you get these these types of games, and it feels like one player always beats you. And you know, for some reason, Paul Scruggs, who someone pointed out, has played against. Was it was it Kyle Washington that Paul Scruggs has played against? He's been around a while. Like <laughs> at some I, point, does does the extra year of COVID eligibility does not apply to you? Like, should it just not apply? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you've had your four full years here, son. Uh, no, but no, here we are. Paul Scruggs back for the Xavier Musketeers old man, probably going bald with a gray beard right now. Um, I think our X factor is, is legitimately it is coach Miller. I think it's the energy he's bringing. He's the first coach in a while 
in quite a few years who is actually acknowledging that this is a game that us fans do care about, that it's, it's a game, it's a rivalry game and it's fun for us and we do care about it. And it's not the same, you know, it's not even the same as playing Ohio state, like playing Ohio state is great. It's fun. It's definitely rival, but it's not the same level for us as playing Xavier. It's more like Ohio state, you see Ohio state is more like Ohio state, Michigan state. Yeah. It's a rivalry, but eh, do I care about it? Not as much. Right. Xavier, I want to come in here and kick their butts, kick their behinds. And Wes Miller brings that vibe. He embodies that. He, he believes in it. And so I think that's our X factor. I do as well. Um, I think that we're coming into this game with a different mentality than we've come in in recent, recent years. Um, it's where I have to start pushing back on that premise that Sam presented on this podcast last year, I believe, which is, the whole idea that the game itself doesn't matter because win or lose, both teams still have the ability to go on, win conference championships, qualify for the NCAA tournament, et cetera, et cetera. That, those things are great. You're right. From a stakes standpoint, it's not going to necessarily derail either team's season to win or lose this game. However, it matters in the old school sense. I feel better the rest of the year when the Cincinnati Bearcats beat Xavier. It's just facts. I feel a lot better. I feel uh, it's something that you can hang your hat on in the city when you wear your Bearcats gear, your shirt, your hat, your sweatshirt. When you're walking around town in that Bearcats gear, knowing that that your basketball team defeated the one across town, I feel like that gives me a little bit of a lift, a little bit more of a pep in my step, a little more Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that, uh, 500 days of summer movie, right? The music starts playing in the background. I'm heel clicking, I'm high stepping and and the birds are chirping and the sun is shining behind me, whether it's snowing, raining or whatever. The days are better when we beat Xavier. And I'm glad that Wes Miller approaches this rivalry as though the game does matter. We want our coach believing that. We want our players believing that. And the reason that I think people haven't necessarily taken that approach or mentality in the past, you don't want to get hurt. The more it matters to you, the more you tell people it matters, the more you say it matters out loud, the more you're, you're letting on that if you do end up losing the game, yes, it hurts. And guess what, Hummer? When we lose to Xavier, it hurts. I don't feel good. The opposite is true. So, yes, uh, we can still have the exact season we want. We can still do the unthinkable or the thing that people necessarily weren't expecting and compete to be a top three, top four team in the American Athletic Conference compete to be an NCAA tournament team. All of those things can still happen no matter what happens in this game on Saturday. But what, what, depending on the result, you know, the result matters, my friend, it matters. Like we, we have to win the game for us to feel inside that warm and fuzzy feeling that we're yearning for. Well, here's the other reason we got to, we got to, well, I don't want to say this actually is not one of those. If you're looking from a tournament perspective, like big picture, is not a must win. Someone pointed out this is would be considered a quad one win, a quad one game, at an, at an opponent's away away gym. So it's really not going to hurt us in the sense of like uh, uh, not being a, a bad loss in this terms of like Monmouth being a bad loss. But here's what it does do: the Bearcats debuted in the top fifty in the net rankings, which currently puts us on pace to actually make an NCAA tournament, which is massive potentially. Uh, Beating Xavier, who's 
right now, I don't know what they are in the net rankings, but in Kempom, they're, they're a top 30 team. And as I think, as you pointed out, they're a defensive defensive dynamo, just like ourselves, uh, but beating them on their court would, would do a lot in terms of, of boosting us into the solid, like Cincinnati's in the conversation. When we start doing bracketology, you should start seeing UC's name pop up because the end of it, like, look, we were in it with Arkansas. We were, we were in that game. We had the ability to win against Arkansas. We just took down a top 15 opponent at the time in Illinois. We're, we were sitting pretty. And right now I'm looking at basically three games after Arkansas that we haven't played particularly well. I think it's time that we're going to come out. We're going to put something together. And at the end of the day, look, if there's one thing I know Xavier fans are really jealous about right now, it's that they have Travis Steele and we have Wes Miller. Like they are jealous. Like this is a hire that everybody should be jealous of. Oh my God. They, they definitely, who wouldn't want the swagger of Wes Miller walking into their gym, just looking at what this guy's about to do. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to be scared. Bearcats are going to be good for the next 10 years. The authentic swagger, the, the, the I'm true to myself. Real. This isn't performative. This isn't me doing it for the cameras. This is my personality. It's my style of, of speaking, of coaching, of, uh, of communicating with players, coach, other coaches and, and national media. This is, this is my essence and it's authentic. Whereas, you know, your guy, it all feels a little bit off. It all feels a little bit like an act, like someone who's trying to be something that he's not because deep down he knows that, that he's not the coach everyone thought he would be. Um, from a game challenge standpoint, one thing, if I'm going to talk honestly and speak honestly about things that might concern me heading into this game, which we should, like we should kind of forecast. Yeah, this isn't going to be a walkover win. Like this is not me. I'm confident in the win. Anything, but I yeah, have, it's not going to be a walkover. I, have a, by any means. I just have a, this is a gut feeling that I have. This is all gut feelings. This is not looking at the math. This is not looking at any of that. Well, yeah, don't, don't, you know, <laughs> Don't premature uh, prognosticate your your pick here, buddy. Like save that for the end. Let it build to that. We're crescendoing <laughs> to the climax of the podcast uh, before we let out our official predictions for the game. The thing that jumps out at me, if you look at sort of the uh, the, the performance to date for Xavier, they are eight and one. They've got some quality wins on their schedule so far. They've played well this so far this season. We're joking about this being the best start of Travis Steele's career. It is, and and it is. It does appear that he's got the team playing at a pretty solid level, right? They beat Ohio State at home. They 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 lost to Iowa State, who went on quite the run there to start the season. But then they followed that up with wins against Virginia Tech, against Oklahoma State, and then most recently Ball State, who's not nearly the same competition. Um, Xavier is combining that high level defense that the Bearcats are playing. I would say we are equals in that regard but they're also figuring out they have a much more effective method of scoring the ball. They're, they're a much more effective offensive team at this point, which is a big concern for us. Now, a, a, a surprising weakness I would say for our Bearcats team is the rebounding has been inconsistent at best and at its worst has cost us games. And I would say with that Arkansas game, a chance to win, a chance to, to extend the game and potentially steal it. Uh, we give up three consecutive offensive rebounds in the final minute. And if you look at their roster and they have guys like, like Colby Jones on the team, 
uh, Jack Nunge. I hope I'm saying his name right. I don't watch their games, so I, I can't say if I'm actually saying that name correctly. Um, and then also Jerome Hunter. All of them have been very, very good rebounders so far this season. Defensive glass, they're cleaning up. And then Colby Jones specifically is a top 25 offensive rebounder in the country. So going into the game, already you're thinking, well, this has been something that has been inconsistent for the Bearcats. I would say we have the horses in the front court to be able to clean up the glass, to be able to protect the rim, but we haven't done it at the highest level yet. And so if you're ever going to have a game where the rebounding prowess of guys like Odio Guama, guys like Abdullah Du, and guys like Victor Lockin, like we're going to need to see it in the most challenging of situations, which is right now. Um, the one big who's probably going to have more of a challenge seeing as many minutes as usual could be Hayden Koval. Cause of the, of the four big men, he is someone who struggles a bit more on the glass. He doesn't pose any sort of offensive rebounding threat. And then defensively, you know, on the defensive boards, he's a little, he's a little more slender, not necessarily as big of a big of a base to keep some of these guys off the board. So I really do view this as a game for, seeing Odio Guama and Abdullah do out on the court together, putting your two biggest, toughest, you know, high level rebounders in the game at the same time. Um, although, and then if you look at Victor Locken, he's got the best rebounding rate on the team so far this season. And we know what his skill sets are. We know that he comes to play. It's his first crosstown shootout. That's a guy who I'm ready for him to have a coming out party of sorts, following up that double, double performance against Bryant, um, I think he's going to play a very, very big role or should play a big role if the Bearcats are to pull the upset at Cintas. That is a beautiful, beautiful synopsis. Uh, I also do think that, you know, this just seems to me, it's just in my mind, probably not even true. <laughs> I feel like we always just get crushed because we either, you know, either someone on Xavier shooting lights out from three-point land or someone on our team is going haywire and shooting lights out from three-point land one team seems to always have that player's game and you know it would be nice i said mason madsen but i'm changing that like jeremiah davenport needs to come alive he needs to come alive and, and have a have a game for himself because it's been a while since we've seen him put together uh, a complete game over the last you know stretch of of three or four games uh, this would be a perfect time to see him just come alive hit some shots, hit them early, hit them often, and not just uh, take every shot necessarily that that hits his hands. You know, maybe look for that next pass. Yeah, I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah having a good game and, and knocking down shots is pretty much a given every game. Like we have to, when he doesn't deliver, which is what, what happened against Arkansas where he went scoreless for the first time in, uh, since COVID, um, the Bearcats are going to, truly struggle to find the find the hoop at that point he's the one true shooter that this team has from the outside to me if we're evaluating what a bearcats victory looks like he's a given like he has to be knocking down open shots he has to be aggressive and decisive in his moves attack the rim when it's there but also like you said like don't you don't have to do everything like jeremiah sometimes i can tell he takes on the burden of the offense for this team, knowing that he is the best scoring option. He is the best shooter on the team. And with that comes the burden of, I need to do it all. And it's sort of sometimes less is more. 
sometimes figuring out a way to get to the cup and dishing it off to a big for an easier layup or dishing it out to, you know, an open Micah Adams woods for an open three. That is a better decision. If we're looking at like the guy who shows up and, you know, isn't always a super reliable shooter. Well, I think we have more of those guys. We have more guys who have been disappointing from a shooting perspective. So maybe we have more candidates to have that guy who randomly catches fire in a crosstown shootout game. Micah Adams woods, anyone? Well, I think, I think with the, with the, the Davenport thing is it's kind of like the X factor with it's the energy that he brings. And when he's playing well, the, like the, it permeates his attitudes. It, it's, it's infectious. Yeah. So I want to see him come and just bring that raw emotion, couple that with a great game and watch that spread to some other players. You know, if he does, if he's bringing that energy and, you know, these are all the, the, the mystical, you know, momentum stats here. Yeah. Uh, watch him, watch him swing it out, you know, to, to all, to anybody that you just mentioned. And I think you're going to get a better result. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really, that's just my opinion. I I hear your opinion, but I just want to point this out. Like if we're looking at this Bearcats team and what's happening on the offensive end of the court, here are Jeremiah Davenport's offensive ratings so far this season, nine games in he's gone and realized he did not play against Bryant as well, which is also nice to see that he got a little bit more rest Hopefully he's, he's healthy and ready to get back at it. Previous to Bryant, he's played then eight games. First game of the year against Evansville, 98 rating. Okay. Okay. Georgia, 122. Okay. Alabama A&M, 131. Okay. Presbyterian, 113. Yup. Illinois, 129. Yes. Arkansas, zero a zero offensive rating in that game. And trust me, you could see it with your eyes. Monmouth also followed that up with a subpar offensive performance, 65, but then back against Miami, Ohio on the road, 140. More often than not, you can count on Jeremiah Davenport showing up. That's all I'm saying. The energy is always there. The belief is always there. The confidence is always there. The shot making is usually there. What we don't need is the doing too much version of Jeremiah Davenport that is taking on the entire world on his shoulders when you should be also leaning on Micah, Micah Adams Woods. You should be leaning on David DeJulius. You should be leaning on Victor Locken and you should be leaning on Mike, Mike Saunders Jr. Well said, well said. I mean, look, uh, I didn't really think we were going to end up really trying to preview the game because um... <laughs> how can you not, I mean, not, not preview per se. We don't, it's not like we need to, you know, go into death, but it's, it's, these are the things I wonder about. You sort of wonder, you know, there's guys on this team, so many guys on this team. Let's list them out. David DeJulius, Victor Locken, Mike Saunders, Jr. Jeremiah Dad. Well, I'm not going to put Jeremiah Davenport in there. Mike Saunders, Jr. Odio Guama, Mason Madsen, John Newman, Abdullah Du, Hayden Caval, and Jared Hensley, AJ McGinnis. All of those guys have never experienced a real crosstown shootout. The guys who played last season, that was a funky year. That was not a normal crosstown shootout environment. That was not a fifth third arena that presented the type of home court that you should have or should be accustomed to when you are a University of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball player. Kudos, so that is, for, kudos for Xavier for wanting to continue to, you know, to count that as a, a home game for us. Appreciate that. Um, but whatever, we'll come into Centos and kick your ass. That's fine. 
Well, it's one of the things that John Brandon was making a fair point on last season, which is like, cool, Xavier, making taking advantage of a pandemic so that you can basically uh, eliminate a home court advantage for the Bearcats in this rivalry. Like, it was kind of whack. The way he pointed it out was super lame and knockoff and, you know, copying his big bro, Chris Mack, down at Louisville. But um, he was right is he, in is essence. Gonna get, is like going to get fired as well, maybe? <laughs> I don't know what's going on down in Louisville. That is something we need to address at some point because uh, somehow they got taken to the uh, ACC over us. Somehow that train wreck happened. <laughs> West Side Story is coming out Friday, buddy. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, you're 100% I, right. It was tacky, but the point still stands. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter then. You know what? Screw it. That's how you guys want to play it. Fine. If you want to, you want to use that as a, you know, the potential to make it easier for you to get your uh, closer to making the series even, you know, since you're still 14 games behind, you know, whatever. Go hang a banner about beating the Bearcats in your gym because that's all you guys can hang your hats on. It does. I, I saying that out loud. It wasn't necessarily something I thought about heading into the podcast, so I wasn't expecting to have this conversation. But that is a lot of guys who haven't really lived in this rivalry before. So it could play. Could that play out two ways? Like what's the most likely way it plays out? Is it playing out in a way where everybody's overwhelmed by the environment? Everybody is completely swallowed by the Cintas center environment, or does it go the way of aloof and kind of um, pleasantly aloof to the moment, a little bit uh, naive about what they're walking into and therefore kind of play through it. They're, they're looser. They're less, you know, less tight going into the game. How do you see that playing out? Because as I say it, my gut instinct says that's a disadvantage for the Bearcats. hundred percent. It's a, it's a rowdy away environment. How is it not a disadvantage to go there? That's well, why, no, that's no, why not well, just to go there, but to go there with this type of team that well, has that's why, practically no experience in the rivalry. Well, yeah. hundred percent. That's why we just said it was great. Great job, Xavier. Yay. You got to play a crosstown shootout at an empty fifth, third arena essentially not a home, not a home game for us. So congratulations. Yeah. I could see it going that, you know, the players walk in and it's like, you know, they're in the locker room and all they're hearing is the the craziness, the loudness, whatever. And, you know, maybe they get the little nerves and blah, blah, blah. And they come out a little soft. But then I remember that we have Wes Miller, who's been talking this game up since the minute that he got on campus. So he's been, putting this in their ear that no this is a big game this is a big deal we need to be ready we need to be prepared that's where i have this little bit of feeling where like you know what i'm probably going to throw some money on the bearcats money line here because i don't think the guys are going to come out unprepared for this environment because Wes miller has been getting them prepared for it since the day he got on campus by talking this game up for what it is a rivalry i hope I hope that's sort of how it plays out. You know, I hope that because Wes Miller has bought into it, you know, lived in those North Carolina Duke rivalries, has those per- personal experiences that he can relate to from a coach and player standpoint that, that he could sort of dial these guys in for what this game means. We're also in a situation where the Bearcats played their last game on Sunday, and now they had about five days in between to really put all focus and all preparation into that three mile trek over to Norwood to try and, you know, end this, this streak of misery against Xavier, which is like, look, you got to hand it to them. And to some extent, man, like they have put it on the Bearcats in recent history in a way that I'm uncomfortable with. 
And it would be nice to see Wes Miller come in in this first game and, and really take it to them. And I think he has the team to do it. I think he has the guys who have the personal belief. There is a ton of confidence on this team for better or worse. Uh, and offensively, it's been a lot of worse so far this season. But there are guys on this team who believe in themselves and they believe in their game. And it's not like very David- confident, very confident in their three point shooting ability. Very confident, <laughs> arguably too confident. Now, I, I really do believe with with the skill set that Victor Locken has, like this needs to be a game where he finds a way to stay out of foul trouble. Like, please do not pick up the ticky tack fouls in this game. They need Victor, Adu and Oguama on the court in a heavy dose throughout the game. And there needs to be an emphasis on punishing Xavier on the boards. Take the battle to them from a rebounding perspective. Win that matchup. Because to me, if the Bearcats find a way to win that rebounding matchup, if they find a way to win the turnover battle, and generally speaking, this has been a low turnover team that we've had this season. Shooting prowess aside, um, the Bearcats, from a turnover rate perspective, this season, they're top 15, top 16 in the country. They've got one of the lowest turnover rates in the entire country. That plays to your advantage in an environment like, like Sintas. Not turning the ball over, winning the rebounding battle. Those two things happen. And all of a sudden, I, I feel like we're on our way to a victory. We've been saying that all year. This is, look, this is, I don't think this is the final form of a, a West Miller team, say five years from now when we're seeing him get a full recruiting cycle in, being able to recruit higher caliber players at Cincinnati than what he was at at UNC Greensboro. So we're doing what we have to do right now to win basketball games, which is play defense. So go back and look at the Cronin years, and what did we we need to do to win? Take care of the basketball, not turn it over as much, win defensive rebounds, and crash the offensive glass, second-chance points. That's how you win these tough games against teams that may have – you know, more talent than you at the, at the present. And look, Xavier is not a bad team this year. So to win, you're going to have to do it the old school way of like you just mentioned, crashing the glass offensive rebound. We have to win the battle defensive. We defensive rebounds have to do it and got to take care of the basketball, not worried about taking care of the basketball, not, but here's the good thing. Like I just said, the Bearcats are are 16th in the country in turnover rate. Here's where Xavier is 284th in the country. That if they have a weakness right now so far this season, they don't take care of the ball as well. They are a team that'll get a bit sloppy with it. They will give the ball to you. So if you have a, a an aggressive West Miller style defense, maybe maybe the perfect game to bust out a little more full court press than usual. Maybe the perfect game to to deploy Micah Adams Woods and and Mike Saunders Jr. and David DeJulius and John Newman. Deploy these freak show athletes on Xavier's backcourt and force them into handing the ball over to us, creating more opportunities in transition, creating advantageous offensive possessions that all you have to really do is make a layup at that point. I think that that would be, we'd be well-served. And so maybe you finally see Wes Miller lean more on a full court type press, or at least a matchup press more so than he has so far this season. Cause it hasn't, we haven't seen much of it. And I imagine it's a matter of getting comfortable, getting the guys coached up, getting the guys, ready to execute it, but it also could be the perfect time to surprise Xavier with that press. Ooh. Hopefully it's installed. <laughs> the installation jokes will never get over. Never get old. <laughs> I got to try to use them a little like more sparingly, you know, just every once in a while. If you know, you know, that's what it's going to be. You know, 
you know. <laughs> buffering, buffering, buffering. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's let's. I think we. You know, we've hammered the matchup. We've hammered the matchup. So let's let our. We'll kind of make our final predictions. And I want score. I want winner loser. And you know, in in honor of of Jeff G online, you know, do you want to put your uh, your high score on the of the game here for the Bearcats? Who's going to lead the Bearcats in scoring as well? Oh, for sure, it's going to be Jeremiah Davenport. We're gonna he's going to lead the team in scoring. I think the other one would be more interesting is who's going to. Maybe this one. Who's going to lead the team in offensive rebounds and in assists? Offensive rebounds and assists and points. All right. So I'll I'll, I'll go first. Make make my full full prediction here. Um, I'll tell you what hasn't steered us wrong this season. Big thick energy, and now is not the time to big thick or big Vic. Well, big thick energy has not steered us wrong this season. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that shit is transferable to Big Vic. And now is not the time to tuck our tails, to to run and hide or to hedge our emotions. No. Wes Miller is going to start his career 1 and 0 against Xavier. Wes Miller is going to really start chipping away at those final uh, those final threads of belief that Xavier Musketeer fans have in their head coach. Wes Miller is going to set the city a bit on fire this weekend by going into Cintas in his first game in this crosstown shootout rivalry and walking out with the win. And I hope the man walks across the street to that gardens bar and drops a night, a cool thou on it just for, just for his old buddy, Travis, to make sure his people, his patrons are taken care of. But I've got Wes Miller and the Cincinnati Bearcats walking out of Cintas with a, I mean, obviously we're looking at, it's going to be a 64 to 61 game. The Bearcats are going to walk out with a narrow victory, 64-61. The leading scorer in this game is actually going to be David DeJulius. David DeJulius is not a bad pick. Going to uh, walk out of here with a cool, uh, I'm going to say, 15 points to lead the Bearcats in this game. And then if we're talking offensive rebounds, um, I've got I've got Victor Lockin just having a a dominant rebounding performance, and I think he's going to lead the team in offensive rebounds, and he's going to lead the team in assists in this game. Okay, okay, Um, I like that. I like that a lot. I like those predictions. <laughs> that was I like the Jonah the, Hill, the Jonah Hill gif. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> uh, score. I think it's going to be a little closer. I think the Bearcats are either going to be holding off a last second tip where we give up three offensive rebounds and they don't make <laughs> the basket. <laughs> or, so. or we're going to get the offensive rebound to put the bell back up for a tip-in score on a 62-61 victory. I think uh, I've already made the prediction on high score being Jeremiah Davenport. Um, I think the the assist game, though, is going to go to Mike Saunders Jr., I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be rock solid on on the assist game for this one. And I think um, Odio Guama is gonna come in and 
and narrowly, narrowly out rebound Victor Walken. I love it. I'm here for it. So what was, give me that final score one more time. 62-61. 62-61 Bearcats? Mm-hmm. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Check back next week for uh, either a... Now, someone someone also go out there and verify for me. Someone go and verify. Does CentOS Center have, in fact, a banner for either national championships or final fours? I'm curious. Uh, just want to make sure we're not missing anything there. Um, just also, if you could check, make sure the banners, if there are banners in, in Fifth Third Arena, please let us know. Let us know if there's national championship banners in there. Let us know if there's a final four banner in there. You know, let us know if one of the greatest players of all time played at the university of Cincinnati, uh, please just verify those stats for us. Also, if you could verify, I think Dayton has a final four, uh, old a 10 rival up, up, up on I 75. They have a, a final four. I believe Ohio state has them too. I mean, it's all the area teams around here seem to be good at basketball and have, you know, trophies and banners and, but I'm just, I just want some verification there. Is Xavier the only one without banners? To my knowledge, I've never, honestly, I've never cheered for a team that doesn't have banners. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what it would feel like. I'm not sure what the aesthetic or the, the feng shui would feel like. Um, the whole, I, I imagine the whole, the whole thing is off. They're going to need to, they're going to need to be burning incense a la Kyrie Irving after this game. I can feel it. <laughs> well, don't worry, Xavier fans, luckily for you, since you don't have a football team, there is something, in fact, that you can root for the, the Cincinnati Bearcats for, and that is the football team. And luckily for us Bearcat fans, you have nothing that we want to root for. So thank you for your support of the Bearcats football program. We appreciate you having to like an, uh, a University of Cincinnati sport if, in fact, you want to enjoy uh, what has been a phenomenal Phenomenal run by the football team. Yeah, but yes, uh, thank you for allowing us to not have to root for anything of you. Appreciate it. I've really enjoyed your performance today, sir. I've really enjoyed it. I think some people would call it elite. Some people would call it legendary. Some people would call it admirable. Some people would call it inspiring. I call it all of those things. Kudos to you, sir. Um, Hummer, I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin this past week, and so we didn't record on our normal day, playing a little bit of catch up here. Um, it didn't feel right to not record an episode um, for the Crosstown shootout, so I'm glad we were able to bang this out. We do have big plans starting next Can we tease week. Them? Can we tease them what this is? Because I'm, I'm pumped about this. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially what I want to do. I'm going to let is, you what have is it. Dwight, what does Dwight, Dwight call it on The Office? uh mega desk right dwight had mega desk while jim jim was away on maternity leave you know and he was super pumped about it well we have mega pod coming up mega pod sam elliott is coming on to give you all the rundown of bowl season from every bowl game from utep to whoever just squeaked in barely bowl eligible technically that's byu having to create a bowl Whatever you're getting, all 44 teams right here on Cincy Slang and Mega Bowl, Mega Parlays. Stay tuned. I'm looking forward to it. There's that I'm pumped that we're in conversations <laughs> with, with some other podcasts on some collaborations. 
there are there are things in motion in anticipation and preparation for this upcoming bowl season, which is going to be very, 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 very special for us. Um, oh, in 11 days. Keep uh, keep your ears tuned for in 11 days. And, and word on the street is that we might be getting a Joe versus Hummer beer mile in Cincinnati, Ohio before Christmas. And best believe that will be live streamed. Best believe we will be publicizing where that's happening. So if you want to see it in person. Oh, it's going to be. I, I know where it's going to be because um, I'll just tell you right now the date. So I'm I'm coming to town and I'm going to be going to the Tennessee Tech game. I want to see, I want to see mama do return, return home. Um, I don't want to see him win, but I want to see him return home. You um, want to see him hit a few threes. You want to I see do. him let that oh, thing fly. I will totally cheer. I will cheer if he's, if he lets some threes, threes fly. Um, I will not boo the man, but beforehand, before that game, we're going to run the beer mile at the soccer fields. What's the name of the official stadium on the soccer field? I forget. No, oh, such a terrible UC sports fan. Both of us here. Either way, we're doing the beer mile. That's kind of our. That's going to be the pregame for the Tennessee Tech game. Uh, be ready to watch Joe Barnett and myself run four laps while chugging a beer in between each one. If you vomit, you have to run a run an extra lap. Um, Gettler Stadium. Gettler Stadium. We're doing a Gettler Stadium, but. Um, yeah, no, we got some incredible stuff lined up, and God, I am so pumped about Megapod. Megapod's going to be great. So we'll leave it at that, Hummer. Uh, we'll get this this publicized. We've put ourselves out there, Hummer. And I care. Help you. You're you you've been asked though as a to come back on a podcast that you you were on for. Being I know, an but I haven't picker. I haven't quite I haven't quite figured out if I can make the time yet. Work. It's oh. it's early. They don't seem to record as late. You know, I got kids. And and they gotta they gotta be taken care of before I do this whole podcast thing. So still working right, out where enough. I can go back on our, on our friends Mental Dimes podcast. But if I can, I will. And uh, apparently, I was one of the better pickers they had this season. So I'd like to go back and pick some games again. One but- last thing before we we sign off here would be remiss if we didn't mention this. Um, Kobe Bryant has been voted the best uh, with a cornerback, defensive back. In uh, all of college football, he won the Jim Thorpe Award. So ironically, he is the best call, uh, defensive back in all of college football and the second best one on his own team. What an incredible <laughs> accomplishment. And I'm not, and I'm not saying it to put him down. I'm just saying like that's, that's insane, right? That we have two elite defensive backs on this team that, you know, so I just think that's incredible. Uh, congratulations to to kobe bryant uh for that accomplishment um what an amazing uh amazing award and then we would be the home depot coach of the year because home depot they know how to build a home (laughs) and pick coaches (laughs) your boy luke fickle coach of the year man is getting they paid some bonuses (laughs) they know how to build a home he knows how to build a program and boy did you do that it, was, oh. it turns out it was a great season for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Turns out Who they had great, great coaching, great players, and uh, maybe you want to take another peek at that line against Alabama as, as their injuries start to rack up and people start realizing, oh, the Bearcats are full of NFL talent. What's, what's this? 
Maybe nah, you, you know they don't really care about this game. You know they're not gonna. Oh, gonna, true. Gonna, true, 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 true. They don't care. True, they don't care. You know, I'm I'm actually been wanting to lock in the. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't even know why I want to say this because I'm going money line. I'm going Bearcats money line. I'm not doing spread. BDF, BDF, BDF. The more we think about it, the more the more time I've had to stew on this matchup. I'm not afraid. And it's not even that we don't mind Bama. I'm like, Bama's not this infallible, you know, team. This is college football, and we've seen chaos all year, right? Even up until the last week of the season, chaos. So what's 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 the college football play without a little bit of chaos? What's one more upset? One more. And we we actually thrive as the underdog. So bring it on. Just don't make the game come down to a field goal. That's all I ask. Cheers to that. See you, buddy. Go Bearcats.